Hi, Craig. Hey, Craig. Hi, Craig. Hi, Craig. Hello, everyone, and welcome back from an amazing race weekend. With yellow flags, surprise podium winners, and the top 10 leaderboard that brought finally some diversity onto the grid, we're talking all things Singapore Grand Prix. On the episode today, we have Mel, Casey, Meg, and myself, Chelsea. And I'm going to pass it off to the girls to start us off with a recap of this past weekend's practice and qualifying. So starting off with FP1, it's pretty unrepresentative of the actual race or quality because it's during the day and this is the most famous night race, I would say, in Formula One. So the track temps were a little different. So it actually kind of turned into somewhat of a, a lizard watch almost. And everyone joking, you know, Godzilla returns. And the lizards actually honestly decided to take a track walk. They were everywhere, it seemed. And they're actually called Malayan water monitors that can grow up to three feet long. So this isn't your typical lizard, you know, see scuttling around your house. Like these are massive lizards just on the track, almost the size of like a small dog. And we got several hilarious radios from the drivers related to all these lizards before one eventually got actually run over, I think, by Fernando. So that was the FP session for the lizards, I would say. Yeah, rest in peace, that specific lizard that did enjoy his Grand Prix weekend. Let's just say it like that. But yeah, out of P1, we saw Charles finish in P1, followed by Carlos and Max. And the rest of the sessions, they were interesting to say the least. We had like a kind of like a mix up here and there. Out of P2, Carlos finished in P1, followed by Charles and then George. And FP3, we saw. A nice shift. Um, Carlos again in P1, then George and Lando. But one of my favorite parts of the weekend in general, quality, and what a quality session that was. During Q1, we saw Lance go through a pretty scary crash into the barriers, and this caused a red flag and ultimately placed Lance in P20 for the weekend. Yeah, that was a pretty scary crash to see, and then they replayed it like a million times from like everyone's all the different perspectives. But it's truly a testament to safety improvements in F1 over the years that Lance was just able to safely exit the vehicle on his own, and he even cleared a medical check, which, you know, 10, 20 years ago, like, that could have been a very bad crash. And the car and the incident will most likely be reviewed to see if there are any lessons that can be learned to improve safety, especially because the tire that you could see getting flung off is supposed to remain tethered to the car during a crash like this. So that'll probably get investigated to see, like, why did that fail? Like, what happened? Just to make sure that hopefully it wouldn't happen again. And the crash impact was actually high enough to move the heavy concrete barriers that surround the track. So there's, like, the tech pro barrier. And then behind that is, like, the actual concrete barrier, which is typically where, like, the fence part is attached. And those are very, very heavy and very hard to move. So it must have been a very high impact crash to move those any distance. And also Lando was directly behind Lance when this happened. And so thankfully he had very quick reflexes that allowed him to avoid the debris and the car itself that was in the middle of the track. So this also hindered a few other drivers like Oscar, just as they were all on their flying laps about to finish Q1. Um, and then in Q2, we saw both Red Bulls get knocked out I don't know if you guys felt the same, but 
Those last few seconds in Q2 were insane. And Liam Lawson was the man to knock Max Verstappen out and move on to Q3. Not all heroes wear capes. Some of them wear racing suits. And Liam Lawson is our hero now. It was a little fight to the finish with Carlos getting pole, George in P2, and Charles in P3. Real quick, can we talk about where the heck George came from this weekend? And even Lewis, too, to a certain extent. But George was flying in that Mercedes, and Mans was on a mission to make it to the top. And he did during qualifying and some of the practice sessions. I was just going to say, like, it must have been something in that summer break that George came back ready to go. Maybe it's because he ditched the hair drill that, like, gave him just... The minimum amount of weight that he needed to just go that much faster. Maybe he has the same hair care routine as Carlos does, and they've just been working on that same routine together, hence their improvements recently. I don't know. Just a theory, because we all know Carlos said that he only shampoos his hair. Interesting. That's all I'm going to say at that. Yeah, I don't know, but honestly... Keep it up, George, because I'm loving seeing that little fire, that little flame under your butt to get you to the top and start competing with, you know, the Red Bulls and Ferraris and McLarens once again. But in more of a little pre-race chat, one of my favorite moments from the weekend was seeing Lando's helmet that was purely designed by fans. The Q on each side of his helmet, which stands for the Quadrant logo, it was split into four sections on each side of the helmet, and each little quarter of the Q was designed by a different fan. I absolutely loved that he did that and that he has also done fan design projects in the past just because I feel like letting fans have a say, it's really cute and it's really sentimental and... It was also just a really banging helmet. I think it's definitely one of my favorite helmets of his, if not my favorite, just because of also the sparkle that was on it. And he also decided to do another cue on the helmet because he couldn't narrow it down to just four designs. He was like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. Everyone, I love all their designs. And I love that the Jolly made an appearance on the helmet. Favorite thing to see this weekend. So real quick, I was just looking at our Twitter page at Pod. Follow if you don't already. We had asked everyone who the favorite helmet was of the weekend. And no surprise, Lando got the highest votes. So it makes sense. It was a fun helmet to see. I love seeing when um, drivers get on the creative side and do something exciting for any like race they're excited for in general. And Lando's was especially, like Meg said, sentimental. I feel like it's a way to connect with his fans, too. So love that. Um, But as you know, we love our little fun facts here. And we got a few ready for you. As you all know, it's Esteban's birthday. Happy birthday to him. He turned 27. And this is actually his second time racing on his birthday at this year's Singapore Grand Prix. He is the only driver so far to have raced on his birthday twice. So at this particular Grand Prix. So that's kind of fun. This is also the 75th time that a driver has raced at a Grand Prix on their birthday. So any Grand Prix in general on their birthday. And this is the third time that a driver has raced on their 27th birthday. So again, happy birthday, SD. Hope it's a great year for you. I only want to say, I was really curious about this. There's only been two people that actually won 
on their birthday, and that was Hunt and Elise, I think. So I thought that was interesting. I was like, only two people have actually enjoyed a win on their birthday. That sucks. And Carlos was closed last time in Monza, so it was on his birthday weekend. So it's maybe something in the fire there, but I want to thank Ido because she gave me the facts. I was like, I know someone mentioned it, and I need that information now. So thank you, girl. And today's race is also Checo's 250th race. This makes Checo the 11th driver to reach this milestone in their career. 11th driver is driving number 11. I love me a little 11-11 moment. And on to the best day of the week, race day. So from the start, even before the race had started in general, Aston Martin had posted a statement on their social medias explaining that Lance will not be driving in today's race due to the incident from yesterday. And that Lance is still feeling the after effects from the incident. So I hope he feels better soon. I can only imagine how it feels to go through an incident like that with everything going on at that speed. Yeah, and you can only imagine the G-forces that he must have experienced and how that must have felt once like all the adrenaline from, you know, the experience actually wore off, which would have been a bit delayed. And then it's also like a win-win because the crash also caused extensive damage. And it saves the team time, money, energy, as well as just his health to just, you know, wait and just do their best to prepare for Japan instead. So it was kind of a win-win for driver safety and for the team. Which we all love in general. And I think the highlight for everyone on this lovely Sunday morning, afternoon, evening, whatever it is in your time zone that you watch these races, our boy, Carlos Sainz, who won. He drove like a champ and really knew what he was doing the whole time. It, it was it was beautiful. Yeah, like fr- from the start, he was playing that strategy game with like slowing the field down a bit. And of course, towards the end, but he was in control the entire time. And honestly, I think Ferrari need to like pay him from doing the strategy as well, because it seems like whenever he or the drivers at Ferrari are in charge of the strategy, they tend to do pretty well and i would say a win definitely counts as a pretty good you know result have you guys seen that meme of carlos's face being put onto all of the ferrari pit walls faces i think that meme just describes how the last couple of races have gone and today's race as well because carlos did make a lot of his strategy call and he drove his ass off while making those strategy calls, and he managed to take away the W. But I think we all know where I'm going with this and who I'm going to start talking about. My boy Lando, he got back on the podium, baby, and he finished in second. And I'm not going to lie, I think Carlos, he owes his win a little bit to Lando, just a little bit, because he defended and kept that DRS, you know, and helped him out and defended. But... Carlos did deserve that win. Like I said, drove his ass off. So did Lando. And I was so stressed up until the drivers crossed the finish line just because I didn't know what was going to happen because it was so close between that top five for four or five laps. It was just, I was a ball of stress. And I do feel sad that George did go off into the barriers at the very end of the race. But I am happy that Lando managed to keep his place because otherwise I think George would have won the race. And it's actually interesting because Lando said that he also hit the wall the lap before in the same spot where George hit the wall and caused him to go off. 
So I'm very, very happy that Lando managed to keep it on the track and not go into the barriers like George did. Yeah, I remember seeing the replay later on and you can literally see when Lando like lightly touches it. And all I thought about was like imagining the chaos that could have happened and all the plot twists, like all the possibilities. Like I felt like Doctor Strange, like thinking of like an Endgame or Infinity War, whichever one of the two where he sees like different universes, different possibilities. But again, George still drove like a champ all weekend and even in this race. And I was too sad to see him end the race like he did. Um, he did amazing. So I really hope he doesn't let this dampen his race mentality. It's just one race. Take it, learn, and, you know, we got Japan soon. So, you know, it happens. It sucks. But I don't want him to take it too hard because I know he's a very emotional guy, which I love about him, too. Now... There is another McLaren driver who managed to have a mega race and did a banger job. Oscar managed to finish P7 after starting in P17, which is absolutely incredible that he's managed to gain 10 positions on a track where overtaking isn't normally possible and doesn't really happen that often. But McLaren made the right strategy calls, they got the pit stops right, and I know we've said it before, but if he does not win Rookie of the Year, then I don't know who will. He has already proven to be an absolute monster in the car and is such a huge talent. McLaren's back, baby. That's, that's all I can say. And especially because Oscar's actually never raced in Singapore before. That's in all of his junior career he's never been to singapore and then it's so hot and humid like that's you also have to get used to that like in one of the interviews like after the race i think it was with will buxton he was like can i have like a freeze pop like because that's what will is known for giving out freeze pops and it's like and oscar was like oh yeah i just came here for the freeze pop because it's just so hot and it's super impressive what he did on the track that's hard to overtake and I don't know if you guys know that in IndyCar, they have something called the Biggest Mover Award, which is basically like a trophy they give to the person who has the most positions gained in a race, which I think could be a fun addition. Uh, so maybe, you know, some of the people who don't necessarily get to be on the actual podium, podium too often, you know, if they make up like 10 places uh, like Oscar did, perhaps, you know, they deserve a reward for that because that's pretty impressive. I love the idea and I'm all for it. So let's everyone talk to our girl, Casey. Let's make it happen. But again, Oscar is 100% rookie of the year in my book. So if he doesn't get it at the end of the season, I'm ready to riot. I think all the PGB girls would be ready to riot. Meg, you got one girl here who we can go overseas and do what we need to do because he deserves it. He's been insane to say the least. He has been. He's been a monster. And he's been the only rookie to score points outside of the man who managed to score points in his third F1 race ever, Liam Lawson. He has proven now that he deserves a seat in F1, and I have a very strong feeling that this is not the last time we will see Liam Lawson on the grid in F1. Yeah, I'm incredibly happy that Liam is actually getting a chance to prove himself in F1. Like, like, he can do this. Like, he got points. Like, he deserves to be here. And he's actually the first driver ever to get th their maiden points at Singapore. 
So it's a little cool fun fact. And it's actually probably even more special for him because his whole family was actually there to support him. Um, he talked about before the race, like his dad when he was younger always told told him that, oh, we'll go to the Singapore race sometime. We'll go there. And so he actually got to bring his family to Singapore this time when he was driving and he scored points. So I'm super, I'm hoping that he can go on to win his season uh, in Super Formula and then come back to a full-time F1 drive for 2024 somewhere. Alpha Tori, somewhere. He totally deserves it. And at this point, I'm getting a little bit worried about Logan's future in F1, but I'm hoping in the next few races he can show some good performances. With Liam getting points in only his third race ever, and especially in an Alpha Tori, which is notably bad this year. I mean, they did get upgrades, but they're still, you know, they're not a Red Bull. And with Oscar having an absolutely incredible rookie season, you know, being way off from Alex, it probably isn't where he, like, he wants to be. So hopefully he can show that, you know, he is improving and that he, you know, deserves to keep his seat uh, because it still hasn't been confirmed if he'll be driving with them next year. But, you know, hopefully he has two home races coming up. We can see some more Q3 appearances and more good results. It'll definitely be nice to have an American driver continue on in F1 again, just so we have someone to, like, support Besides our, like, our favorite drivers and teams, I always like to go for our country's representative. But I am super happy for Lewis finishing on the podium, although it did come at the cost of George's end of race incident. I'm sorry, George. But again, happy for Lewis. Mercedes had their strategy on point today, and they knew what the hell they were doing when they did that back-to-back pit stop. I remember me and my boyfriend were kind of like, uh-oh, like, what's going on? And they just like banged it out back to back love that for them i love seeing it it's always nice to see how they plan that out and are able to pull it off successfully um but we also saw early on in the race logan spinning out and hitting the barriers causing a yellow flag one of many of today um but luckily for him he was able to make it back to the pits with a piece of like the front wing under one of the side pods making lots of sparks i don't know how safe that was but at least he made it back to the pits, which is what's important. But there were a total of four DNFs today, which is kind of insane. And they were from Yuki, Esteban, uh, Valtteri, and George, sadly, at the very end. Funny enough, some of the other like podcasts I listened to, I don't know which one it was, but someone had predicted four DNFs. And I just had in the back of my mind, I was like, this is going to be insane if they get that right. And they got it right. So very interesting take. So yeah, of course, Russell's DNF at the very, very end was brutal, but so was Esteban's. It was his birthday, of course, but he was also having a really great race and he was making several pretty impressive passes on the likes of, you know, Checo and Alonso. And he was making his way, you know, up the field on course with a strong points finish too, which is great for the team, just coming off of a podium in Monza, like good time. But on all Renault reliability strikes again. And he has a failure in the car, which ended up ending his race early, unfortunately. You could tell how upset he was uh, when they showed the car. But yeah, stuff like that happens, unfortunately. It's just not fun when it does. And I honestly don't really remember Valtteri ever DNFing. Like, I guess the race was just so exciting with everything else that that just kind of slipped under the cracks. Because I looked at the timing sheet at the end and was like, oh, what happened to him? 
It was another mysterious DNF. Like, I think it was Esteban. Was it Esteban Amanza? Someone else, like, in one of the last two races, like, mysteriously, like, didn't finish the race either. And we're just like, okay, what happened here? Like, it was interesting to watch. But um, what about Fernando and Aston Martin's terrible pit stop during the safety car? He had to serve a five-second penalty. And I remember, like, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I just remember thinking to myself, like, this isn't really fair to serve a penalty under a safety car. But I'm at the FIA, and the FIA will FIA when it wants, as we saw over the weekend. And all of a sudden, boom, not a fast pit stop. But speaking of Fernando, he did reach a career milestone as well. Upon reaching lap 16 in today's race, he became the first Formula One driver to have driven 100,000 kilometers or approximately 62,138 miles race laps in their career. So kudos to Fernando. I wonder how much more you'll be able to drive. Maybe another 100,000 more. We'll have to see. But in the end, Carlos and Ferrari's win ends the Red Bull and Max Verstappen win streak of the season. Um, so a little bit of fun facts. In 1988, McLaren were also on a winning streak with Senna, similar to this year's Red Bull with Max. And at the Monza Grand Prix that year, Ferrari's driver Gerard Berger won the race just four weeks after Enzo Ferrari's passing. I love this parallel, knowing that another Ferrari driver generations later made history in this record-breaking streak. So I love that. And after the race, Perez and Albon were actually called to the stewards for their collision right at the end of the race. I think this happened around the same time as George's incident. So kind of no one really saw what happened. At least I didn't see it. But ultimately, Perez was given a five-second penalty and one penalty point. This is actually his third penalty point out of 12 that a driver can get in a 12-month period. I don't know when the 12-month period starts, if it's like when they get that first one. So let's say if like it was his first one, today starts the 12 months and they can't get more than 12 until next September when it cleans out. It's something along the lines of that. That's all I remember. Yeah, I saw like the footage of the crash. So there it was in a turn and let's just say Checo just kind of like ran straight into Alex instead of turning. And luckily, Alex was able to save it from actually hitting the barrier, but it did push him out of the points, which obviously he was not happy about. But yeah, it was just ran straight into Alex. More exciting was those last few laps with George and Lewis on the fresh mediums chasing down for, for the win. And honestly, like even the Mercs were fighting each other almost to try to get that spot. But Carlos, strategy genius that he is, uh, actually intentionally was giving Lando DRS behind him in order to try and keep give him a better chance of fighting off the mercs that were behind him so that they couldn't get to Carlos. And that was something else. The amount of trust that he would have to have put in Lando that he wouldn't try anything that could jeopardize both of their races. And it's something that really only could have worked between those two just because of how close of a friendship and a trust they have in each other. And Lando could have put up quite the fight to keep his P2, you know, even before George crashed. So they both worked well, very well together to kind of achieve that, you know, P1, P2. I absolutely loved seeing the two of them work together to keep the Mercedes behind them. Carlos had like a 500 IQ moment or whatever, like a really high IQ number is. But whatever that is, Carlos had that today. 
because I was very confused at what he was doing. But then once the announcers were like, oh, this is why he's doing that. I was like, oh, my God, he is a genius. But it was like they were teammates again at McLaren. And it just made my heart so happy, especially since they've been wanting this to happen for so long for them to finish one, two in a race and for it to finally come to fruition. Uh, made my little Carlando heart flutter just a little bit. I was so happy. But in terms of the final results of the race and predictions, I personally did not make any predictions, but I cannot complain about how this race turned out. We saw three different teams on the podium, a non-Red Bull win, Liam Lawson points, and actually a decent amount of really good overtaking on a track where, I have mentioned before, it is not really easy to overtake on. And for me personally, this was probably my favorite race of the season other than Silverstone. And I do have some beef with F1 TV because they always manage to miss Lando's champagne celebration on camera. Like, they know it's happening. He does it every single time. Well, get it on camera. Come on, guys. Get with the program. But... They better catch it next time or hire me to do it for them because I know I will get it and I will be watching. So F1 TV, next time he's on the podium, hopefully next weekend, you better catch it. But also, will we see Liam in the Afatari for one more weekend or will Danny make his return back? I know Red Bull has stated that Daniel should be back in the car for Japan. But why stop the momentum Liam is on if it can help Danny get an extra week of recovery and make sure that he fully is ready to go before getting back in the car again? I do agree with you on that, him having that full recovery, because at the end of the day, your health and your body matters the most. So hopefully they're keeping that in mind. But I did see on Twitter, someone from AlphaTari, I know it wasn't the team principal because it was like someone else's like different name with and their like job description within that specific team, but pretty much confirming that Liam will be driving in Japan in place for Danny. So it'll be nice to see him keeping up that momentum, like you said, Meg, and then seeing him just adjust to another awesome track. We've seen him in like different styles of tracks with different styles of weather and everything. So I just like to see, I would just like to see him continue on and see what else he can do. I too didn't make predictions, but I saw how Ferrari were doing from the start of the race weekend, and I didn't want to get my hopes up, nor jinx anything. So I just kept quiet and just kept a very watchful eye on everything. But like many other girls on the product, I am a very happy to Fosi. Like we all said before, Carlos drove the hell out of that car and well deserved this win. And with Lando and Lewis on the podium as well love that i just like to switch up the diversity it's just nice to see all them race and taking risks but not so much risk like they were all like really careful of course that slip up from george is different but at least that was like towards the end instead of like in the middle but i do think if the race had lasted like maybe a few laps longer mercedes may have moved up a few great places and maybe could have taken like a higher spot on the podium or possibly even win but overall, it was a great race to watch with so many twists and turns throughout the 62 laps. And I am with Meg here, too, with F1 TV not showing Lando's champagne shower. Like, we all love it, so why not show it? But from what I saw, it looks like Lando was cautious this time and made sure to do his, like, little, like, thing that he does 
far away from the winner's trophy, maybe because it is his boy, Carlos. That's what I like to think. But McLaren, let's let's get that video posted on TikTok ASAP so we can all watch it. But with this Red Bull defeat, I have a feeling that Max will be back with vengeance at Suzuka and make sure he and the team don't have a weekend like this one. So just Max being Max's, I think that's how it's going to go down. I think, especially with the champagne thing, I think Lando was also getting ready because to have like perfect aim to directly hit Carlos in the face with the champagne, like it was perfect aim. And then Fred joined in too, like it was chaos. But I guess we are three for three on none of us having race predictions because I didn't make any either. But I'm just glad we got an incredible race this weekend and it's probably one of the best that we've had this year. Carlos did an incredible job, and the field was really close together, and there was tons of midfield fighting as well. And you have to love Liam Lawson getting his first points in F1. Very bright future. And since he actually is racing in Japan right now, if he races with F1 in Japan, it'll be on a circuit that he is a little more familiar with. So, who knows? That might be beneficial. And Mercedes had a strategy masterclass with that late, you know, like, pit stop to get them both on the mediums for the chase to the end. Um, would have loved to see George on P3 with Carlos and Lando. He was so close and he worked so hard to get it, but unfortunately crashed. But both Aston Martin and Red Bull did not have good weekends at all, but I'm just hopeful for next week, especially for Red Bull, since it will be Honda, their manufacturer technically right now, home race in Japan. But honestly, like this was one of my favorite podiums it was just like a very wholesome podium you know and the hug between carlos and lando like right when they got out of the cars like it was like a genuine hug not like a pr hug and even you know lando going you know celebrate with his dad and then carlos actually went to celebrate with the mclaren team after he celebrated with the ferrari team which was was kind of sweet and he even you know was congratulated by zach brown but it was honestly it was like out of a movie i hope we get some 4k uh, netflix footage of that would, would be great. And although it did feel very strange not hearing the Dutch national anthem at any point this weekend, I'm sure we will see Max back on the first step at some point this year. I think we can all place our bets on Max being back on the podium because he will for sure be back for vengeance and make sure that does not happen. Again, and who knows, maybe Fernando too, because we know how he is. Um, but speaking of like wholesome moments, I don't know if you guys saw, but there was like pictures afterwards of Lewis going to the Ferrari and the McLaren um, engineers or mechanics, essentially just team members and like high fiving them and like dapping them up. If you guys don't know, it's a form of handshake, um, but it was just nice to see because like at the end of the day, yeah, they work for specific teams and everything like that, but they're all there for a sport and support the drivers and I just like seeing stuff like that where it's like everyone's a Lewis fan, the sub quote about Ferrari fan where it's just like everyone's a Ferrari fan, except this time everyone is a Lewis fan. I love stuff like that. I like seeing stuff like that. So it's, it, it was cute. And on the topic of sentimentally cutesy-ish things, one of the things that I saw on social media over the weekend going along with Joe's contract extension with Alfa Romeo, which will be Sauber, Valtteri Bottas made an Instagram post basically posting a picture with Joe and being like, I am so happy and so glad that I get to race with you for a couple more years and I can't wait for what's to come. 
And I was just like, oh, Valtteri, like, you're literally, like, Joe's, like, older brother, dad figure. And it's just so cute to see the two of them interact because I feel like Joe follows Valtteri around everywhere. And it's just, I love the relationship that the two of them have. And I can't wait to see what is to come of the two of them for the rest of the year. And then when they turn into Sauber next year. I do like that driver pairing a lot. I don't know what it is about their dynamic or like their relationship, but they both give me like chill, but like not so chill vibes. Like they're really chill people, but like once you get to know them, like they're just chaotic. And I love those type of individuals. But I'm really happy for Joe and that he's able to continue on his career in F1 with Alfa Romeo. And I'm hoping for next year he'll have like them in general to both of them because Valtteri deserves it too. They both deserve better cars and faster cars because I really would like to see the both of them fighting higher up in the midfield, if not maybe at the top three. A little mix-up here and there would be cool. And with that, it's our favorite part of the podcast. And this week we're doing the driver quote of the week, and it goes to none other than the race winner, Carlos. And this was said after winning today's race over the radio. You know what? This is my first smooth operation Ferrari. Smooth operator. Thank you, Carlos, for that. I wanted to sing with you so bad right now, and I just want you to know that. Now, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Honestly, I think this race was just really fun to watch, and it was something the fans needed, because as much as we do love Red Bull on this podcast, some of us do, can get a little tiring seeing the same guy up there. So... It was a fun one. And I want you to let us know on our socials what you thought of the race. Everywhere we are Pata Girls Podcast, except on Twitter. There you can find us at Pata Girls Pod. As always, don't forget to rate, review, and share the podcast wherever you listen from, like Apple, Spotify, and TikTok. Thanks for joining us in the paddock today. We'll see you at the next race. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig.